Welcome back to another episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Michael. And today's episode is episode number 33, and we're going to be discussing what surprises us the most about Icon of the Seas. Let's jump into it. Well, to start off today's episode, we're going to start with some cruise news for the week. Carnival has released some new info finally about talking about Celebration Key. You know, they, they actually already opened bookings for this months ago, but are actually releasing some new details on the island. So they're saying that it's going to have five different portals, right? You're going to yep. have your welcome portal, an adult-friendly area, a family-friendly area, uh, adults-only private club, and a retail part of the island. And, I mean, not everything's kind of released yet, but like I said, they've kind of announced the five spots, and they've announced some of the stuff the island's going to have. So right when you walk up, there's this massive sandcastle with a couple water slides. The pool looks massive, and in certain spots of the pool, there's some overwater cabanas. Uh, I think in the adults area, there's a swim-up bar with a DJ. I know in the private club area, there's an infinity pool. They're putting in an events pavilion where they can do like weddings and vow renewals and stuff like that. So, like I said, they're announcing some stuff so far. There's still a lot to come. I mean, some questions people are asking right now is, will your drink package finally work on the island? I know other Carnival private islands, it doesn't. Will food be included? They announced there's going to at least be one restaurant. It looks like more of like a sit-down, which my guess is that's not going to be included. But I'm also wondering, when in their preview video for this, when they were talking about the restaurant, they were saying, like, evenings, and they showed people, like, eating yeah. dinner there. So I wonder... If like stays or like your stay there is going to be longer in the evening where you can still explore. That'd be, that'd be awesome. We've talked about that a few times, but having like a, you know, your own private Island like Coco K, but being able to actually stay at night. I know that MSC does a little bit of that. And I think that would be a huge win for them. And, and not even if you, you don't have to stay all night, but even if, I mean, you just pull couple out hours. there eight, nine, ten, like, yeah, when it's already dark out. So that's just some starting info on there. There's already, I saw some news reports reporting that a phase two can include a big water park expansion and a zip line course coming to the island. I mean, why didn't they start out with doing like more slides? I just feel like with Carnival, like they they were like the first ones to really have a ton of slides on their ships. Like even Royal Caribbean was so delayed on that. Why do they only have two slides on, on phase one? That's what I, my first question was. And then I saw... At the end, they like kind of teased in that video that they were going to have like a raft. It was weird because they like, showed like a raft kind of B-roll video at the end. And they were like, wait, but there were no raft slides on the island. So hopefully that will be part of phase two and that will you know include a water park. And that would be, that'd be awesome. I also really liked how they released it. I think it was cool that they did the whole thing with New York and one of the, was it a uh, central station? The Grand train Cent- station. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They showed like the sand castle there. They did the thing during the football game this past weekend. Oh, was kinda lame. I was yeah. like, eh, I expected you to announce more, but you didn't. It was like five seconds and they yeah. made it seem like it was going to be this huge, like almost like commercial. Yeah. I thought they were like announcing everything <laughs> that, but I mean, a couple of days later, got yeah. some new info out on that. Yeah. So kind of moving on the next piece of news, Frank, I know Royal Caribbean's doing their world cruise. What can you tell us about Costa's World Cruise coming up? Yeah, so Costa has one coming up in 2026. It just seems like this is going to be a trend now. I think everyone's kind of realized that the World Cruise, is int- at least it's interesting. Even if you don't go on it, it's just really cool to kind of see where everyone's going. And I don't know. I'm still, my TikTok feed is all like people doing the World Cruise. At least they got through Antarctica. Everyone was safe. But okay. um, so Costa's doing one starting November 21st, 2025. This is 34 countries, over six continents. I don't know how you do, I guess, seven continents if it's over six. There's only seven. And then it's going to have eight overnight stops with 48 port stops. So 
that's going to be a super cool uh, world cruise opportunity for anyone that's trying to live on a cruise for 128 days. I don't know. I, I do think about it often. Can I? Could I really do that? Could I really do it? But with the overnights, like that's at least eight nights you can stay in a hotel. You're seeing like every day, I mean, 48 days of that, you're on land. So it's only, what is that? Almost one in three days you're on land. So it's not that much. It just, it's a little overwhelming to pay all that money. But I think you're seeing like a lot of things are included, right? You got your food, you got your drinks, you got your entertainment. And I'm following people that are just like working from the cruise, which the time zone thing is definitely interesting. But then people that are in school as well, like if you were to do like an online MBA or some kind of education, you could do it from the ship. I mean, that's pretty, pretty awesome. So Michael, what's our next cruise news for today? Yeah. So the last piece of news we have for the day comes from Virgin Voyages. Their chief operating officer, Michelle Bintubo, I think how you pronounce her last name. Uh, she was kind of just talking about the year and saying how she feels 2024 is about to be a pivotal year for Virgin as a company. I know we kind of talked about how Virgin was taking out a $550 million loan just to help with funding with their just ships and fleet in general. You know, Brilliant Lady was supposed to come out last year. They're still not trying to rush that into service, she said. Like like I said, it's still delayed in its launch, but they're kind of slowly working on that to get that ready. And then she pointed out how right now they have a 20% repeat cruiser rate. That's strong. Which, yeah, they were happy with. Because you got to think, they just started in 2021. I mean, you got to think you had zero people yeah. then, zero repeat cust- like zero customers in general. So the fact that they already kind of have 20%. I mean, we had Jeremy on on a couple weeks ago and he's been on a ton of cruises, you know, more than we've been on for sure. And he said that he absolutely loved Virgin. And I think the big hurdle for most people is just like, yeah, it's more expensive. Do I really want to pay that kind of money for a cruise? But it's not a traditional kind of cruising experience, you know, like they're not, they're really branding it as trying to be someone else, someone different. And you've, I feel like their market is less, trying to take away from the other cruise lines. It's more trying to just get new people into the cruising world, right? So people that maybe have never cruised before or you have a negative kind of connotation about cruising where you're like, I've done it once, I'm never doing it again. They're trying to target you, I think. They're trying to target that person. I don't know if they're trying to like take market share right off the bat. I think they're just trying to get people to just give them a try. So we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But definitely interesting to kind of hear a little bit more about the business and We'll see if they, you know, pivotal year definitely makes me think that they may they may do something new this year. Maybe they'll launch some interesting deals or try to entice more people to give it a shot. So we'll see what happens. So moving on to our question of the week, you know, today we're talking about Icon of the Seas. And kind of the crazy thing is, looking back on it, 30 episodes ago, Frank, was when we did our last episode Dude, we were on this so ship. much younger. <laughs> so much younger. This podcast was so much younger. Yeah. I mean, it was our third episode overall. So. We had no idea what we were doing back then. <laughs> <laughs> but the question for the week is, what was Royal Caribbean's first ship's name? We're not given any sort of answer choices this week, or should we? Nah. Nah. So If you know it, this is pretty impressive. It, yeah, maybe it's we'll do definitely quick, different. We'll do a quick uh, comparison of what that ship is like. So today's, you know, we talked about it at the top, but today's episode is about Icon of the Sea. So we'll do a quick comparison of what that ship was back, I think it was 1970 compared to what Icon looks like today. So awesome. So that's our question. Stay tuned till the end to hear the answer. Yeah. So if you did listen to episode three or you're interested in going back and listening to it, you're probably going to laugh compared to what, <laughs> well, how our podcasts are normally run today. But 
you know, that episode was more of a deck by deck walkthrough. At that point, there was no real icon of the seas, right? It was still at the shipyard, still being constructed. Obviously, since then, a lot more details have been re- revealed. We've been sharing some of it through just like the cruise news. But today, we kind of wanted to dive through just some of the details and things that really shocked us, you know, as yeah. we as we're seeing videos that come out with the walkthroughs, just different articles, you know, we wanted to kind of talk through what what it what's kind of like surprised us through all this, you know, this entire build process and what what it looks like today. Obviously, we've not sailed on Icon yet. I'm still trying to see if I do two icons this year or <laughs> if I just do one. So I may end up doing a back to back this year. So we'll see what that looks like. But, you know, we never sailed on it, but we have looked at, you know, we've been spending probably, I would say, at least 15 hours re- looking at things in the last oh, yeah. few weeks, like videos and Man, reading. God, most of the walkthroughs alone are like 90 minutes, two hours. I mean, the thing is huge, right? Yeah. So we're, we're really going to walk through today, like what surprised us the most. And if you're not familiar with each of the neighborhoods, we're probably going to stay with that as our template for today. And we'll try to give an overview of what each of the templates, or sorry, each of the neighborhoods are, just so you have some background on if you never sailed Royal Caribbean or, or you haven't even looked at some of the things that Icon has, at least you'll have a little bit of context for the, the different neighborhoods and what they are. So I think what's really interesting about this ship in general, and I think we've talked about it before on our previous episode, Michael, but every kind of demographic, it seems like they have their area, right? So if you want to chill, you got Chill Island. If you want thrills, you got Thrill Island. If you're, <laughs> if you're a family with kids, you've got your neighborhood. If you're a sweet guest and you're bougie and you like things a little upscale, you got your neighborhood. And I think what's really cool about this ship is like they built the hideaway, right? And the hideaway, it's honestly not one of my favorite areas just based on all the other options that are out there, but it is a targeted kind of, it's for kind of a younger person, right? Who's interested in the kind of DJ Las Vegas pool party vibes, like, you know, an upscale kind of beautiful views off the back of the ship, but It's just something completely new. We've not seen Royal Caribbean do an infinity pool like this before on any of the other ships that they've had in the fleet. So it's, it's awesome. But I just want to call out that like, I think the big cool thing about icon of the seas is that you've got so many different areas and it really does feel like there's somewhere to be for everyone. If you want to chill, you've got, you know, the aqua dome, we're going to talk about all of it, but first we wanted to go through the hideaway. So Michael, do you want to kind of talk through what surprised you the most about the hideaway? Yeah, so kind of like we said a couple weeks ago, the hideaway wasn't originally the adults-only area. This was a switch they just made a couple weeks ago. I think right before the preview sailing, right, is when the news kind of broke that the hideaway was now going to be the adults-only area. Like Frank said, you got a DJ here. You got day beds in the infinity pool. It it honestly feels like kind of like the young adults kind of party-ish area. Yeah. Which will be, I mean, we kind of fit that vibe there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so what kind of surprised me the most here... I think, I don't know, looking at the pictures of the beds in the pool, at, at first, when I first saw a picture, it looked like they were like dominating the pool and the pool didn't look that big. But after seeing like other videos and pictures and stuff now, the pool does look a decent size. I feel like, I don't know, would I rent a bed in the middle of the pool with people all around me? I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean, I know like private beach clubs and stuff have that, but I feel like or like even private pools and all that. But I feel like the pools are much larger than this one because pretty much to get down into the part of the pool, you got to go around people's beds. So yeah, see, I think it's more just like if you book this, you're looking at like, Oh, I'm a VIP. Like I almost wish they threw in something else, you know, like I know they throw in a bottle of champagne. Okay. So you get that there, you get like two icon of the seas, tumbler type 
Well, that's pretty things cool. that look cool. So from that standpoint, it looks kind of cool. You should get like a specialty lunch or something included. Like you should get like someone bringing you food from base camp or something that's up there by the pool deck. Like that would be pretty cool if someone delivered yeah. you a box of cheese curds or, you know, even they've got some new, like really cool thing. We'll talk about that, but it, that would be an awesome perk. But to your point, like, do I really want to be in the pool? Like, it's not like you're private, you know? It's just like you're just right there in the middle of the action. I guess that's kind of cool, but... Yeah, but I say, I mean, maybe for some people. I mean, I don't know. But overall, I mean, like, I like the area. I would think I'd have a great time hanging out there. Yeah, and I think my favorite thing about the hideaway is probably in the most kind of shocking thing when I, when I first saw the videos was just the views of, like, Miami and the sunset. Like, this is the sailaway spot, and... Honestly, like to start off your cruise in the water with a drink, looking at Miami in the sunset, like how does it, I don't know how it gets better than that. And I know that other cruise ships have this, but this is like the Royal Caribbean sail away is typically done, you know, on the pool deck in the middle, there's kids running around, but this is, there's no kids this to me. And you got flow rider right there. You got multiple hot tubs back there too. So if you're cold or you don't really want to get in the pool, you want to get in the hot tub, They've never really had hot tubs on the back like that. So that is just like a super cool thing. And you're looking over off the side of the ship and you got a beautiful view. So to me, I think this is a great area. Again, we're going to talk about the other areas. This is honestly not my fate. Like just before I even go on the ship, I probably would just do sail away. Maybe I go there once on a sea day, just check it out. But I'm more excited about the other areas personally. Here's a question. Does the hideaway have its own bar or do you have to go somewhere to get drinks? They have their own bar. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, cause that'd be kind of surprising if it didn't, but yeah. So let's move on to chill islands. Yeah. You're still up on the pool deck. I feel like this one makes sense to go into next. I'm talking about what surprised us most with this area of the ship. Like we said, this is kind of your main pool deck area on the ship. I know they're saying one of the pools itself is like the largest pool at sea. And I think what, I've enjoyed the most looking at Chill Island. It's just all the different types of pools there are here. So you do got you got your main your main pool. You got the swim up bar pool. I think Cloud Seventeen pool is considered yeah. Chill Island. Uh, so that's an infinity pool on the side of the ship. Which like we like we said a couple weeks ago when they switched adults only to the hideaway, it used to be the Cloud Seventeen area. So yeah, I'm kind of just impressed with all like the multiple different pools they got around the pool deck. Yeah, and I really liked that. I saw like the videos where they had the floating menus, and so it's like something super small, like, "Oh, we're gonna have a floating menu." But I think that that kind of goes throughout the entire ship. They've got really awesome like cocktail menus for every single bar, which is again totally different for Royal Caribbean. Oh. And so, if you're at Chill Island, you're ordering from the lime and the coconut. You've got drinks that are kind of curated just for being in the pool. You've got different options, and it, it just it looks super cool. To your point. This is the first time we've ever had a three-story pool deck on on a Royal Caribbean ship. And I think you were laughing. You're like, well, Royal's a little behind with the Infinity Pool. But, like, they have three of them this time. You know, they've got the one down on, on Surfside. So if you have kids and you want to – that's honestly probably the coolest one because you're the closest to the water down yep. on Deck 7. And, you you know, you got your kids. you got the bar down there. We're going to talk again about that. I'm getting too excited. Then you've got the hideaway. Then you got Cloud 17. But – Michael, they, they really did some cool things with the Infinity Pool concept on this ship. So that's pretty awesome. What was your second thing? Yeah, I was also kind of just impressed with all the different seating options throughout Chill Island, whether it's just your typical pool loungers, day beds. I know that they've been posting pictures of these little trampoline-looking 
yeah. bed things. Dude, those are awesome. Yeah, but then they also have a good amount of looks like shaded seating too, which I burn pretty easily, and if it's hot, I like to be in the shade as well. So it looks like you have just a bunch of seating around that area, which is yeah. nice. I was going to say the same thing. I think you took one off my list there, but I, the sum up bar to me, that's the shocking thing in this is that it looks small. You okay. know, I think that was one of the things where I was like, oh, you know, that was huge at Coco Cay. Like, it's packed. Are you saying the pool itself looks small or just the size of the bar in the pool? The the, ba- the bar, yeah. Okay. So, like, the bar area, right? So, because you're, to me, that's the spot. Like, I want to hang out. I want to be in the water and I just want to grab a drink, go back to my little in-pool seat that they have there. And then I want to go back to the bar and then I want to keep doing that. So, that's my area that I'm going to be at most of the time. But t- you, that bar just seems like it isn't really built but maybe they're just thinking everyone's going to kind of spread out you know you've got so many pools why just kind of make one so massive and so yeah we'll see if they change that i mean you kind of mentioned it but the in pool kind of swings and seats and all of that is you know awesome much better than we imagined just looking at the renderings and then the last thing that i was going to mention was el loco fresh has a really awesome setup they've got a huge bar they've got the you know again their own kind of menu if you want a margarita it's a really awesome spot they've got like a private tequila section that you can order and you may not get tequilas uh around the ship but you can get really good tequilas there as well so yeah i mean this just looks a little overwhelming i mean there's three (laughs) stories of pool decks it's a lot well and then the last thing too i have to add here with chill island is the lime and coconut right so that's spread out across this deck kind of like they've done on wonder and some of the past couple ships but one of the other things that surprised me that i haven't really seen in many i mean it's the first time they've done it one of the specific lime and coconuts is just straight frozen drinks yeah so they have the different machines behind you already just pre-mixed and they can dispense it and yeah so if you're looking for a little frozen cocktail that'll probably be the one to go check out because like i said it's all they're really doing there yeah so now that we talked about the the chilling can we talk about the thrilling let's do it so this thrill island the theming is awesome I mean, it really is. They did a good job. When you look at the videos, you really look like you're at a water park. So it's like all the seats, all the colors, everything, just and just all the decorations really that they have in this area looks great. When it comes down, I mean, when it comes down to it, we've not been on the slides ourselves, but a lot of people are really comparing like the intensity of the slides to nothing they've kind of seen on a cruise ship before, which is super cool and exciting. I think if we're going off the the water slide conversation for a second crown's edge is the we didn't really know what it was until they finally like came out and icon released now we know what it looks like and it it looks really cool it was originally going to be a lot more expensive and now people are saying that they've seen it for 50 dollars and it comes with potentially a video of you actually falling off kind of the side of the ship it, it's cool so if you're not familiar with this it's it's a sort of like a obstacle course off the side ropes of the course yeah ropes course but then it drops you right off the side of the ship and then it kind of turns into a little zip line. So again, it's a short experience, but getting the video definitely would put the $50 back kind of in the worth it category for me, but I would not pay like a hundred dollars for this. So I say we still keep boycotting it and see if the price goes. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's going to be the highest now. And then as people continue to go, I'm sure at one point it's going to be a lot cheaper. So yeah. Like I said, if you can come down to, 10 15 20 bucks yeah 50 i feel like still a little expensive but like you said it's definitely better than 90 so yeah we're making progress there i mean it doesn't cost them anything to run it so if no one goes they're gonna just keep lowering them you know what i mean they'll just keep yeah. lowering the price i mean i've already been seeing people make comments like oh like are they already not gonna put this on star of the seas so 
I don't yeah. know. I mean, too early to tell there. But one of the other things that kind of surprised me was you were talking about the great theming. And I actually haven't seen pictures of how it ended up looking out, but Base Camp. Yeah. Right? So Base Camp, the renderings all look super cool. And you could tell there was a roof over top of it. I don't know if at the time we knew that it was actually the basketball court on top of it. I don't think we put two and two together. No. So, I mean, that's kind of just neat that they were able to kind of raise the basketball court and still use that space underneath it. Because you've got to think, you're not... You, the other ships where they have like the sports courts, there's nothing vertically above that. So the fact that they raised it up a little bit to fit a whole nother restaurant on it was super cool. And you said you've heard some good things about this restaurant. Yeah, I mean, it's just right there. So if you want to grab something, like they have some free items, right? So if you want pretzel bites, I believe tater tots are included. And then they've got some upscale things. They've got like a chicken and waffle bite. That sounds good. And I'd they, love to try that. Yeah, then they've got like these crispy shrimp bao buns. I mean- yeah, that sounds uh, good too. This is cool because, okay, you're going down the water slides. Let's say you're not like ready for a meal or you're playing mini golf and you're like on the back of the ship where there's traditionally not a lot of options besides like El Loco Fresh. This is just something quick you can just grab right off the rack and then go back on a slide. Yeah. You know? So I think that's pretty cool. Also, mini golf is right there and the theming looks really cool. They kind of hyped up that it was going to be awesome, but I noticed like, it, they've got some moving elements where like you got to oh, wow. time the shot, like almost like trap door, like it's closing and you got to hit at the right time. But then also there's some like, I guess more elevation changes compared to okay. other ships that we have in the fleet. So nice. Honestly, the theming looks great. Another great thing for families to kind of do together. Yeah. That mini golf course looks super cool. I hope that they, I know when we were on wonder the theming itself. There was super cool. The, the greens itself were a little weird. There was kind of hard to hit the ball. So hopefully they kind of, fix that on this because like i said if they did it'll probably be one of the top yeah mini golf courses on i mean any other ships for sure and probably anywhere all right so the next neighborhood we're going to look at is the aquadome this is actually up front where the solarium used to be on the ship and this area looks super neat for all different times of the day has multiple different bars like the ryan bean it has the overlook bar and this is where the aqua shows are going on in the evening but then they've also expanded the whole food market concept off to the side called the Aquadome Market. This area, I just think, is going to be one of the coolest places to be, like I said, any time of the day. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I first read this, like, again, going on what surprised us, I thought this was, like, such a lame... Like, I was, like, reading this, and I'm like, man, you know, they're taking away a closed-in area with pools. Like, this is just not going to be able to compete, right? And so what they've done is they've added two completely new bars. They've added those cool, like overlook pods that just look awesome yeah and then they added an like people are raving about how good the food is in the aquadome market and, and that's how, one of the things i'm most excited to try on this ship is the aquadome market like you got the crepes you got the mac and cheese you have the euros like everything that i'm seeing that people are posting just looks great and you can order a couple of them you can try a bunch of different things because they're smaller so literally just go through one through i think there's five or six different stalls and get one of everything and just enjoy that and go back for more even. So super cool. And again, I thought I was going to be like super bummed that we're losing this, you know, the solarium and not having that space. But a lot of people are saying this is their favorite new area on icon. And I think it's just because to my point that I mentioned earlier, everyone has a spot on icon. I think this is the spot where like, you want to read a book and just drink a drink and look at the ocean. This is your spot. And you want like a, I heard the music is great. So it's pretty okay. kind of, you know, vibey, like they've got some LED screens that are showing like um, an aquarium that's yeah, kind of like moving that. and stuff. So again, this is just super, super cool. 
Yeah, and I think kind of, I mean, you look at the two areas that kind of combine. Look at the old aqua theater area, right? Yeah. During the day, wasn't super crowded. Then you look at the solarium. In the nighttime, wasn't super crowded. So now you're putting kind of the daytime stuff of the aqua dome into the aqua show at nighttime. And like I said, you pretty much have a neighborhood where all times a day yeah. you have stuff going on. Like I said, the Ryan Bean, I'm super impressed with. I know you mentioned the smaller portion sizes at the market, which I think is great because I know I've mentioned street eats on carnival ships. It's kind of one of my favorite food concepts and the plates are smaller and you get multiple of them and you try multiple different things. So I'd be like the Mediterranean looks super good oh yeah the euros that everyone's getting yeah or even just like the bowls of that the mac yeah. and cheese like the fact that you can get a couple smaller different things and just try it all i think's always a winner at the end of the time another thing that kind of stuck out with the aqua dome is there's two aqua shows on this ship yeah so you got the aqua nation and then pirates vs mermaids so you got to think most oasis class ships you got one aqua show now you got two and i don't think both of them are like done yet from what i've heard they're still this is why i never book like the inaugural because i feel like <laughs> there was one time where like all of the promenade flooded i don't know if it was like wonder oh, or symphony someone will know and write us in but the like the whole promenade flooded because of the signals and everything so i i just like try to stay away from the inaugural because Again, like these shows aren't even like fully ready yet. So they're still yeah. getting some of those kinks out and, you know, give them a couple more weeks and they'll be, this is only like week one or two of, you know, Icon being actually with consumers on there. So I'm sure in the next month or so they'll have that going, but definitely something to consider if you're looking at booking inaugural sailings. But anyways, that's really cool that they have two shows. And then to your point, you can use this space all day long, really. So the next one we wanted to discuss was the promenade. I think there's a lot of changes here, but... Before we do, if you haven't been on a Royal Caribbean ship before, the promenade is just basically the center of the ship. It's almost like a mall. There's a bunch of dining options available. There's some entertainment options. And they really did reimagine this space completely yeah. uh, compared to the other ships with a lot of natural light. I think one of the main uh, feedback that Royal Caribbean got was, you know, that you feel like you're in a mall and no one wants to go on a ship and not like see the ocean. So they've added tons of windows. I think there's three story tall windows by the Pearl. There's another set of two story tall. So they got so many windows everywhere. Really awesome. And I think what's some of the small things that they've done really kind of add up here. So you've got Sorrento's with tap beer, which is really cool. I know Michael, you don't drink beer, but uh, Sorrento's has beer on tap. They also have a ranch dispenser, yeah, which that's is that's what I'm into right there is a ranch with my pizza. <laughs> that is cool to have that by the pizza. And then everyone's saying dueling pianos is surprisingly like the number one spot in the evening. They do two shows, I think eight o'clock and 10 o'clock. You got to get there like 30 minutes early because it, it gets packed. And I mean, we've done some dueling pianos in the, in the States before. And I know like Savannah smiles, shout out to Savannah, Georgia, but they've got an awesome one. And so people are probably just super excited about that, that entertainment option right there. Giovanni's has a bar. Didn't even realize that when we did the walkthrough, but they've got a bar, which is, looks really cool. And now another place to grab a drink, even if you're just strolling through the promenade. And then the other thing that was really cool, Michael, was the 1400 lobby bar. Like I've never seen, and you see this when you walk in, like right when you walk into the ship, there's like a deck outside with like couches and like it's on deck five. So you have a really good view of the ocean, like really close to the water. And it's just, you can take the drink in and out. It's, it's going to be the spot. I'm telling you that is an underrated. No one's, I mean, there's a couple people that are talking about it. I've not seen it on a, on a sea day or even at night, but to be able to grab a drink and just go out there and sit by the ocean seems really cool. 
So I'm really excited about that one. Also, they've got an escalator to the casino. I think we talked about that on the walkthrough. Going from the promenade down to the casino. And then you also got stairs on deck six going up to Central Park. So a lot of the crowds and you know dealing with getting an elevator, that should be eliminated. But also they do have on this ship the destination elevators, which everyone is raving about those. So overall, I mean, I think this is a, a hot, a hot new area of the ship. I mean, it's not a new area, but they've kind of made it an exciting area again. And, you know, the promenade is great, but honestly, it's one of those areas that I, I neighborhoods that I typically try to stay away from just because of how crowded it is. But I think what they're doing is just bringing in some new spots that like the 1400 lobby bar, which they've got a really cool menu. I think we talked about, they've got like a drink. That's like the flow rider, the rising tide that kind of tributes to old, you know, ship yeah. features. So just doing some really cool things with the promenade. And now it's kind of like the place to be at night with a ton of different entertainment options. And that's the thing. I feel like the promenade, I mean, I feel like a lot of my nights I've spent there, whether getting Sorrento's for pizza or spending the night listening to the guitar player in the pub. But now, like you said, you got the dueling piano bar, which I, I figured from the start would be a hit. You have Bolero still, the karaoke bar still. I know they added the attic here on this ship. Which is, that's crazy to me that you have the attic there. <laughs> but I think they had to do that to make room for the casino because the casino is like huge on this one. Yeah. So, I mean, you have all this entertainment in the evening. I think the thing that's kind of surprising me to some early reports coming out of the ship is kind of the different musical acts are on like staggered schedules. So there's only kind of yeah. one thing going on at a time. So if you're trying to get to the next one, so you really can't just like walk down the promenade, pop into a place for 10 minutes or so then pop to the next one since they are on staggered times i'm sure this is something that that may change over time yeah i think that's something that i'm i was afraid of too when they made this whole like open concept with the pub has doesn't have like a ton of walls it's open so like is it just going to be super loud like that seems like you could control that like turning things down but like making it more intimate within that room or setting up the audio so that like yeah, it bounces can, in versus yeah. out. Yeah, so you don't really want like a bunch of blaring music into like the promenade, but you do want to kind of feel a little bit of it. So it just probably draw t- people in. Yeah. yeah, it's probably just tweaking it so it's not like you're hearing the boleros like salsa dancing from the pub and vice versa. So we'll see that. I mean, that's good feedback. I think that's bound to happen. It's something they got to kind of figure out. Overall, I don't have too much more to add on the promenade, like I said, or like you said, I really like how open everything looks. I think adding the full wraparound on the second level was super smart because it always kind of had that little dead end in the middle where you had nowhere to go. But yeah, I feel like they just continue to make the promenade even better than it was before. The Pearl. The Pearl. I don't have much to add there. (laughs) The Pearl is something I'm just going to say. I mean, it's huge. I'm not seeing it in person. Everyone's talking about it. Speaking of the Pearl, though, the Pearl Cafe's menu looks, and the sandwiches look even like a lot more options than yeah. there were in the Promenade Cafe. So that looks super cool. Yeah. And that's a really cool open spot, too, where you can just kind of grab a coffee and sit and look at the ocean. So continuing, I'm excited to see that in person. I don't know. It, the Promenade is tough to judge because we, it's more about the people and the music. And so you kind of have to experience it for yourself. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how that one plays out. So the next one is Central Park. So Central Park is uh, basically, if you haven't been on an Oasis class ship, it's just this park in the middle of the ship on deck eight. You know, they obviously had to bring in new plants. I think that's the, it's a little immature maybe compared to their older ships. So you can definitely tell that they, you know, brought in the plants. They've got room to kind of grow and, and, and that's honestly kind of cool. But, you know, in terms of things that kind of shocked me about it, the Zoomy walk up 
station where you can walk up and grab a zoomie in the park. I think that's, it looks a lot better than I thought it would. And it honestly, Same, like, yeah. I mean, that looks, it's awesome. And I'm so glad that they're bringing that to utopia as well. And then forget about the walk up thing, the actual hibachi tables. And they've got like a private hibachi table that looks over the park. Yeah. Out uh, into the park. I was like, wow, that is, that is really cool. So if you like sushi or Japanese and this is your spot. And I, I think that it, it kind of feels better than it did before. Like, honestly, based on what I've seen, it, it goes well with kind of the the park vibes better than it kind of did being a standalone spot. Yeah, and this is one, me too, like when I thought of Central Park, I mean, you had 150 Central Park, right? A nicer restaurant, more upscale menu. I just wasn't personally sure how Azumi and Hibachi was going to fit in here. But like you said, the window that you walk up in order, I figured... It was going to be super neat. And then just the restaurant looks beautiful inside. So I, like you said, I think it actually fits better there now than I ever expected yeah. it to. I don't think I'm going to miss one fit. I mean, I like one fifty. We talked about it on a couple episodes with Oasis and our experience there. I really like the food, but I think with empire supper club, you got that upscale. Yeah. I mean, that's way more upscale than one fifty was. And then you got a zoomie too. So, and then another thing that surprised me was the Bubbles Bar. You yeah. know, I don't drink champagne. Like I said, I don't drink really anything carbonated. But for the people that do drink champagne, I mean, they have a little nice little walk-up champagne mimosa bar. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have your trellis bar out there that you said looks even bigger. And I know they got some, like, small plates there. Yep. And I just think overall, the trellis bar, I mean, Central Park area, it's always a great, like, pre- and post-dinner yeah. place to go grab a drink and, like you said, stroll through the park. Before we get into Surfside... I do want to quickly just say, if you haven't gotten your cruise map, now is a great time to do that. We have a really cool partnership going on with the cruise maps. If you haven't seen them, we're going to share some stuff on Instagram from them this week. We've actually got a really good deal. If you use the code CC15, it will give you 15% off. They told us today that there's no other deal out there that is as good as our discount that we're able to give. So if you're interested, they basically take your cruise date and the ports that you're going. If you're going on a really cool cruise, like you're going to the Med or you're going to Alaska, or even if you're just going on a special kind of Caribbean cruise, you can basically print the exact itinerary using satellite. Uh, they have a, every 15 minutes, there's a satellite that kind of takes the position of the ship. And so you have a customized map that you can put on the wall in your office or around your house. Super cool. You can get it decked out with a really nice frame. Again, these can start at like 60 bucks and go all the way up to $100, $150 if you want to really splurge on it. So use our code CC15, Cruise Conversation CC15, to get a discount, 15% off your next cruise map. The next neighborhood we're going to take a look at is Surfside. This is replacing the old boardwalk area on the ship. So, like we said, the boardwalks where the Aqua Show used to be, you still have the merry-go-round there, but then they really expanded this place. They moved Splashaway Bay, which is the kids' little pool area and slides down here, and then we have a bunch of new eateries. We got Surfside Eatery, which is a buffet, yep. first family buffet, kind of just in its own little area, Surfside Bites, which is a little walk-up window with different snacks and dessert options, and then Pure 7, which is kind of a all-day brunch option, but also like California style food. It looks I know, really some good. Shrimp That's my, dishes. Yeah. That'd be the main reason why I would go down there, honestly. I mean, they do have the Water's Edge pool, which I talked about earlier, that looks over. That's the infinity pool that's behind Splashaway Bay. So if you got kids, you can like watch them as they splash in Splashaway Bay. But you also have your own pool and they can kind of float and swim. But to me, Pier 7 is the main yeah. attraction, right? That I would enjoy. But the Dino Nuggets, man, they got Dino Nuggets <laughs> in Surfside Eatery. <laughs> 
And then they also have some really cool options at Surfside Bites that look good as well. They've got mac and cheese bites. They got cheeseburgers, hot dogs, churros. Like this is super cool and it's also free. And then also they have got one more huge attraction for the family, which is sprinkles. So now you can go oh, and nice. you can do your soft serve ice cream without having to take your kids all the way back up to the pool deck. This is just like, again, you don't have to leave this area all day if you've got kids. You got the pool, you got bathrooms down there, you got everything. I mean, you got all this food. What else do you need, honestly, in a little neighborhood? So pretty cool. I think, you know, if I had kids, I'd be hanging out down here and eating at the buffet or Surfside Bites and they'd be swimming all day. Yeah, and the nice thing with Surfside too is, I mean, I, you, did you mention the arcade got moved here? No, I didn't even mention. So the arcades now in Surfside, you got the kids clubs that are fairly close yep, to this part right of the back ship. There. So like you said, it's really the big area for families that have kids to enjoy their time on the ship together. Last but not least, in terms of the neighborhoods, the sweet neighborhood, you know, this is huge. This is four decks. So I think when, when it comes to what's shocked me the most is just that the fact that it's four decks, it's got its own kind of multiple dining options, right? You got Coastal Kitchen, you've got the Grove. Yeah, which new is, concept. Yeah, new concepts up there. You've got hot tubs, you got pools. You This is your own little area. So co- across the four decks, I feel like the main thing that kind of shocked me was just the fact that you have that much space. And I think I've heard some people say that the suite area kind of felt a little small with the, with the suite lounge and the Coastal Kitchen being in there. But at the end of the day, you've got so much other room to spread out and, and enjoy the space. So I don't listen. I don't feel bad. They got plenty <laughs> of room, uh, and I, you know, the coastal kitchen option is always great. Like it, the food is. Uh, my parents just got off Wonder, and they said that the food at Coastal Kitchen was honestly better than a lot of the the specialty dining, which was shocking to them. So the food is great. You know, I think you're probably competing a little bit with the Sweet Lounge. So we'll see how that that turns out, but. Love the fact that they got the Grove and the Mediterranean food up there. And and that's what I'm most excited for would be the Mediterranean. And I don't know if I'm just on a Mediterranean kick. I feel like the past year or two I've really gotten into Mediterranean and yeah. Greek food. But the fact that that's just like one of the main options there at that buffet. And just the fact that they added a whole nother buffet. Yeah. Like, you know, the Windjammer used to really be the only buffet on the ship. And now we got the Windjammer, Surfside Eatery, the Grove. It's really expanding. I mean, you used to have the Solarium Bistro, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're true. But still, you're right. You're, they're adding just a ton more free options everywhere. So yeah, Sweet Neighborhood looks great. Honestly, with the prices, how they are, I don't think I'll be booking a suite <laughs> at $30,000 or whatever it is. But yeah. hey, really excited for those that are able to splurge and enjoy that. So a couple of more things we wanted to discuss for Icon of the Seas. One of them is entertainment. So we found out Wizard of Oz is in the main theater. It looks incredible. They're, yeah. I'm not trying to be like spoil, like I'm not doing the spoilers for that. So I don't want to, I want to be shocked when I walk in there for the first time. So that looks really cool. Yeah. And then you got two new ice skating shows and the fact that that is two, two. <laughs> and then you also have the ice skating rink is like completely kind of reimagined. It's circular, yeah. not squared. I don't know why it took so long to make a circu- circular ice skating rink, but all right, Frank, I think you would have said the same thing though, if it was circular and they made it square. I feel like square when you're you don't really like skate in a square. That's true. I guess you most ice skating rings are oval shaped. So, so you see them and they're like trying to skate into this square rectangular rink, and it's like you can honestly feel bad. Like you're <laughs> the motion of it is usually circular. So I think it makes yeah. more sense. You know, I think that you got some really great entertainment options on this on this ship, and I'm excited to kind of see it all in person. Like I said, a couple more quick things before we wrap up. You know, 
the rooms, right? So the rooms yep. look awesome. There's no tube showers, right? So all the showers are rectangular. Every shower comes with a bench, which apparently this is a big thing for the ladies on a seven night cruise. They really like that <laughs> for shaving and everything. So that's really nice. I think the rooms themselves, they have some different features in terms of the lighting that presets that you can do and kind of the controls that you have and some of that smart technology, like when you leave the room and they're, you know, environmentally, they're trying to save energy and everything. So I'm super, super excited about the rooms. And I mean, we did a pretty in-depth walkthrough of all the different areas. So I'm really looking forward. It can't come soon enough for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm just super excited. One to hear your opinion when you get on the ship and just hear it firsthand from you. And it'll be interesting, too, just to, in future iterations of the Icon-class ships to see what they end up changing. You know, normally between ships, they're not massive changes, but they'll, they'll change some small, tweak some things here and there to make the next one better. I know one thing that's already kind of being rumored with Empire Supper Club is that they're going to be based on different cities for the different yeah. ships. So I think right now it's New York, right? Yes. On Icon. Supposedly Star is going to be Chicago. So yeah. may change up some music options, some of the food being offered there. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just super excited for this class of ship. I mean, the crazy thing is Star ain't that far no. away. I mean, what, 2026 for Star of the Seas? Or is it 2025? 2025. Oh, so next year. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you so, still got Utopia coming this year, so that's going to kind of be the next big thing for Royal. They got a lot going on for them right now. So when are you going to book Icon or Star? Hopefully sometime soon, Frank, but we'll see. The prices may need to come down just a little first. Totally fair. <laughs> Well, before we wrap up today's episode, we have an answer for our listener question, Frank. So the question was, what was Royal Caribbean's first ship name? Yeah, so the answer is Song of Norway. It changed, I will say it changed names a couple of times, but the Royal Caribbean name was Song of Norway. You know, this ship was built in 1970, entered into the fleet in 1970. It was since sold for scrap and broken up for parts in like 2013, 2014, which is sad. Um, I think after it was a cruise ship, it was used mostly for like gambling. But if you look at these pictures, y'all, it is so small. (laughs) I think it held like 700 passengers. Just thinking that Icon is going to have like 7,000, like it's literally more than 10 times the size of, of, I mean, it's just crazy how big Icon is. I think it's over, well over 10,000 times in terms of the tons and then 10 times in terms of the passengers as well. But it's super cool just to kind of see how cruising has evolved over the years. I mean, that is, what, 50, 55, 54 years ago. So really crazy. Thanks for playing our little game. We'll continue this and see how we do. We got some more trivia coming up next week. Well, that's going to wrap up today's episode of the Cruise Conversations podcast. You know, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. It really helps us out, and it's the best way to keep up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast and things we have coming up in the future. If you have any questions for the podcast, send us a DM on Instagram, or there's a little question and answer box you can fill out here on Spotify as well. We'd love to answer these on an upcoming episode. And if you're ready to book your next cruise vacation, we'd love to help you with the process and maybe even help you save some money along the way. So fill out the job form in our bio or send us a DM. We'd love to get in touch with you and help you plan the best vacation ever. As always, we appreciate all the support each and every week. We really couldn't do this without y'all listening. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you back here next Wednesday.